Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings this on uh, They can be like bathing suits. What they, you know, what they... <laughs> Finish it up. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take them off. What the hell? What, what they show is, is revealing, but what they conceal is vital, right? So... <laughs> This episode is presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. Sign up at BetMGM.com using the promo code THEATHLETICPOD. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday evening. Bo Wolf, Shilka Padia, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris here to talk about the four and six Eagles, the resurgent Eagles, the best offense in the league. We'll find out. Shield, how you doing? I would say my big picture thought is that this is a time to enjoy your Sundays, enjoy your viewing experience of this team. I mean, that, you know, there's going to be many days, weeks, months to think about who's the long-term answer at quarterback. Is Nick Sirianni the guy, the state of the franchise, how they're going to use the picks, but they've sort of rescued this season from a first, uh, I would say seven weeks where, you know, it was a lot of hate watching. It was a lot of feeling like you wasted your time on a Sunday. I mean, think of all the Eagles games you've watched in your life to the sickos in the chat and those listening. And how many times at the end of that day in the evening, you're just like miserable, like, oh my gosh, that was terrible. Now you have a team that for the last three weeks, I'll throw that Chargers game in there. That was a good game. That was an entertaining game. The offense did some things so that they're on this sort of three-week run where they've been entertaining. They've won a couple games. I would say they, you know, they they're more likable probably to fans than they were earlier in the season. So that's kind of my thought. Enjoy, you know, you'll be looking forward to Sunday on Friday. You'll be, if you see some friends, you'll be talking about the Saints game during Thanksgiving. You'll be talking about the Eagles without it just being like, oh my God, I hate this team. I hate this franchise. And so I would say just sort of uh, embrace that part of the NFL calendar right now. Well, I think that's uh, an appropriate sentiment around Thanksgiving. And uh, I think my natural follow-up to you, Sheila, would be, what's your take on uh, using the word buttholes in a podcast? Well, I do have notes from the last show. And uh, Zebra, you walked right into that, my friend. I mean, I thought, you know, I think Bo was setting you up there. And I didn't think you were going to take it. I thought it. that I, it's actually not even what I was thinking. But. Oh, you weren't? Oh, okay. I thought, I mean, that that is the excuse. I, I do agree with Zach that that's the most famous you know, if there are a couple of people texted like, me, uh, excuses are the house are, are the bricks that built the house of failure as a popular one. Jeez, man, that's a little intense for the Capadia household. Yeah. I mean, we didn't use any of these, but anyway, 
I agree with uh, Shield's sentiment about this team, and I, I do think that's important to keep in mind because if you think about the last decade of Eagles football, the teams that – I'm not saying the best teams, but the teams that were the most fun, I think, for the fan base were when they were on their way up, right? Mm, uh, like the, the coming the out two, of nowhere team. Yeah. yeah. The 2013 Eagles, that was a fun team. Uh, you know, they didn't do it. They lost in the first round of playoffs, but – they started the season slow. They were what? They were one and three. Nobody wants they, high they, expectations. They go on that run. Yeah. And, and and then conversely, the teams that have been most vexing to fans have been the teams where they either had the high expectations or they were really good and they knew they were good and they thought they could just turn it on. Uh, so I, I, I'm not saying the Eagles are, are going to make the playoffs, but they've set it. They, they set you up. And when I say you, I mean our audience here uh, for two months of intriguing football or a month and a half of intriguing football here. There's the the back stretch of the schedule is full of winnable games. If they get some momentum, they 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 have some players that I I think are enjoyable to watch or enjoyable to follow. they're 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 fresh stories, fresh faces. So I I do think this is this is going to be an a, an interesting uh, final month and a half here. Even though the offense is overrated, you're you're Things right. In the, it's not only that the uh, I totally agree with you. You're by right. the way, I mean those are the best uh, seasons to follow, in my opinion, as a fan. Well, that's why 2017 what, was like the, the, the combination of the two things was unbelievable. Right. They were great and it was unexpected. Yes. That's rare. I mean, I feel like you, to get both of those is rare. Usually you get the season out of nowhere. It plateaus. You're not winning the championship, but you still can enjoy the experience and that team. And this one is especially rare because a lot of times that might be with like a young quarterback who you have, a lot invested in, and that's not necessarily the case here. You know, maybe you do, maybe you love Jalen Hurts and you become a big Jalen Hurts fan, but it's not like every week is sort of, you know, oh man, we, we use four draft picks to get this guy and he just threw three interceptions and I can't uh, enjoy anything else because of that. I think that's fair and well said. Uh, so in this episode, we will do a little squall 22, find out what Shield has to say after watching uh, watching the faint, the film as it were, grinding the tape. And we'll talk about uh, what else is going on in Eagles world. So why don't we send it on over to the Stone Cold Newsman, Zach Berman, on the scene at the Novacare Complex. Dallas Goddard is in the concussion protocol. That is the biggest news this week so far. We will monitor his status when the Eagles return to the practice field on Wednesday and leading up to the game against the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. Miles Sanders is eligible to come off injured reserve. Uh, Pay attention to what the Eagles do with him, not just in terms of his roster status, but if and when he does return, if it is this weekend, uh, he's going to return at some point, so I shouldn't have said when. but Or I'm sorry, I I shouldn't have said if. But when he does return, pay attention to how much they're going to use him if he reclaims his role as the unquestioned number one running back, or if there is a committee there, that is uh, something we can discuss. Otherwise, not much uh, as far as news or reaction. There there aren't uh, many big um, prevailing stories this week. It's just it's a, it's a team that has a, a little more juice, and uh, they were off 
uh, they were off Monday. They were off today. They return tomorrow for their first day of work this week. Thank you, Zach. Uh, Shield, what do you think? Uh, wh- why don't we get into the running back conversation? Uh, wh- what do you think is going to happen when when Miles Sanders comes back? Will they rush him back? Well, one of my notes uh, watching the film is that the offensive linemen loved they loved how Jordan Howard. I mean, after these runs, they'll like you know there was one I think in the uh, third quarter where he had a big run and Kelsey's just like going up to him right afterwards, like lifting him up. Link Johnson uh, in this game, like game is long. Yeah. he's feeling it. Uh, and so I can understand that from an offensive lineman's perspective, you want the run, you know, you feel like you're going to do your job. Don't, you know, if the, if the running back can do more than what's there, that's great, but don't screw it up and get less than what's there. Now that's from their perspective. It is weird, Jordan Howard. I mean, if you just look at his, when did he when did he join the Eagles? I remember I was in a hotel room 19, in Los Angeles writing a Jordan Howard uh, piece yeah, for was, when I was, was doing March, that Daniel Jeremiah uh, nice. story. It was March 2019. March 2019. Okay, it might have been March 26th, but I could be wrong. That is disgusting. If that's true, unbelievable. Why would you know that? How do you know that? For some reason, that date jumps out in my head. Let me see. Eagles. There's got to be more to it than that. Let me see here. Eagles trade for Jordan Howard. <laughs> if that's March 26th, this is frightening. Uh, that was March that was 28th. The... Uh, oh, well, I mean, you stink. Ow, I mean, what you're you out. Rest of, of the pot. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Zach is not going to sleep tonight because he got that wrong. I'm not going to sleep tonight, but not because of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, why, well, now we have to ask the follow-up. We are reporters. Why aren't you going to sleep tonight? God, there's work? there's a yeah Kids? there's okay work not work and uh, catching up. Well, oh, oh, the the uh, Sixers play late tonight. The, right? the weeks after road games um, mm. are tough because it's like you lose your Monday, mm. right? Zach had so, a late flight in last. You didn't get until one a.m. this morning. I got in at midnight and guy mm. I got home at twelve fifteen. 12.30 thereabouts. You're still, you're still still wired. Little, you're not going to go right to sleep. Never yeah, happen. Still, uh, still wired. Little Belichick and uh, yeah. and I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I don't say much, but uh, I'll share this uh, because <laughs> this is this is relevant to our podcast. Myers or Pete Ma- are, are, are <laughs> You know, edge. my um, my wife remarks how, how last night when I got home how like how happy she is that this is the last road trip. Right. And uh, there's there's no more no flights. More flights and I meals. yes, there's there's no more nights away. Everything else is a is a driving game. And I say, well, until the playoffs and uh, she, and she's she's not uh, a football fan. Right. So so she she had been operating under the assumption that based on the way this season had been going, that this was going to end uh you know the what the first week of the first weekend of, of January, so it was one of those. Oh no, they're making the playoffs. I was like, well, we don't know. We'll see. We can discuss it tomorrow. And so, <laughs> so look, it's on the table now, right? Yes. Yeah. That's a good, I, I feel like uh, I feel like the um, the demographic in which the uh, expansion to a seventh wild card team is least popular probably does have to be uh, wives of NFL reporters. Yeah. We're husbands. Yeah. We're husbands. husbands. Yeah, spouses yeah. of, of spouses now. significant others. Jeez. Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, but but the the demographic that probably likes it the most are spouses of mistresses NFL players. Of- <laughs> no, <laughs> spouses of, of NFL players, right? Because 
yeah, that that playoff bonus is, is a little easier to obtain right now. Mm, that's true, especially when you're planning a wedding. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Look at that. <laughs> or a honeymoon. <laughs> I mean, it is like you look at it like it's not crazy at all. Yeah, I thought you guys were, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say poo-pooed it. I think you caught yourself. But initially, when I'm listening to the end of that pod and you're saying, last flight of the year, I, you know, I was yelling oh, yeah. at my uh, phone, not so fast, my friends. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, uh, I mean, I think they're listed as like 23% to make the playoffs or something like that. I would, I would, I would nudge it. I would nudge my turkeys a little bit higher than that. Does that factor in? Does does that twenty three percent the the playoff probabilities? Does that factor in the opponents, or does it just factor in? I think the, so. the path to the playoffs. I think I think I saw that on five thirty eight, but it may not have been updated after the game. Okay, it may not have been like adjusted to their new strength of. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, because that's it's it's not being four and six in in a wide open NFC East. I'm, I'm sorry, in a, in a wide open NFC that is relevant here as much as it is all these games are winnable games up up really until we and, the, and there and the, there are two spots where that everybody stinks like i think the vikings are are i mean shield can can be the expert here but like the vikings are a good team um at four and five who like if the schedule allows i think they would probably make one of those spots if if you know uh they don't combust but other than that it's like you know, Carolina, you're going to believe in the Cam Newton thing. Eagles also have a tiebreaker over them. Uh, like maybe San Francisco after last night makes a run. Uh, like, I mean, New Orleans, if 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 the quarterback play can sustain, you know, that if their defense carries them, that's possible too. But I mean, and and Seattle, you know, maybe Russell Wilson goes on a run. But like, none of those teams are playing the Jets and Giants and Washington five times in the past, in the in the final six weeks. So. 25.2% according to football outsiders. Uh, and and I, I'm pretty sure that takes into that account does, yeah. uh, everything that you mentioned there. So, wow. All right. You're I'd feeling like I'd put it out. All right. Like so, you're booking 35%. your uh, playoff tickets. 35. Just throw 10%. You know, all their, mo their modeling and the yeah. years, decades really worth of work they put into coming yeah. up with that number. And you say, just bump it up 10. Give yeah. it the bubble bump. Thirty-five percent. I thought about it. All right. I'm giving. That's called the. Uh, that's called the Emily Berman bump. That's the. Uh, <laughs> just because she yeah. doesn't want it to happen, it's it's ten percent. I don't want to say she, she. She. I mean, she's not like a spoil sport. It's not that she doesn't. No, want she's not rooting against it, but you know, yeah. it's not. It's not. A, it's not something that was factored into her. Uh, her schedule making. For she. Set, she for prefer January. if they won the division and it was a home game, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. 2017 was good. Yeah. Exactly. Nothing but home games. Now their uh, remaining schedule is 24th according to uh, Football Outsider, so not that's surprising. Not quite the easiest uh, in the NFL, but easier than normal. You want to bump that down to uh, like 29? Well, that's now? why they're that's why they're wrong. That's why, they, oh, why they're okay. at 25 instead of 35. Uh, to answer your that. question, I mean, yeah, if Miles Sanders is healthy, he should play. I don't know that he's going to. You know, it might be more of a running back by committee than it was previously. I think that would make sense. I would want Jordan Howard in there in like uh, short yardage, maybe in uh, in red zone 
situations. You know, I, I feel like you're avoiding those negative plays with him. But at the same time, the run game has changed since earlier in the season. They go to it more. It's better. It's more efficient. It's more diverse. And so there is a scenario where Miles Sanders comes in and some of these 14, 15 yard runs are turning into 40 and 50 yard runs. So mm -hmm. uh, he's the most talented guy. I understand the knock on him with not always going where the play is supposed to be and uh, taking on some negative runs. But if you're giving me the payoff of the home runs, then I will live with that. Uh, Michael Lopez from the NFL had, had tweeted out <clears throat> earlier today about the, like the variance of running backs in the league. And Miles Sanders is the most hit or miss uh, ball carrier. Inclu so including quarterbacks and guys who qualify in the entire league. Um, in terms of getting what is there, you know, getting less than it and also getting much more than it. So it is, it's like, it's not like it's, if it's all Miles Sanders, which I, I don't think it will be, and this is sort of a, a, a straw man argument, but like, it's not going to be like, as you said, 15 play sustained drives of, you know, four yards, four yards, three yards. It's going to be a couple big runs and he's going to have some negative runs too. It's, you know, it's not really the way they've been playing, but I, I, I don't think that means you don't insert him into the offense. I'm I'm not trying to, but I do think. Off. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. You finish. You finish. I was you just gonna say going. I don't think I don't think you you like you you play Miles Sanders, but I do think the past three weeks has been a good example of why you don't pay Miles Sanders. Uh, well, so so we can get to that in a moment, or we can probably get to that in a year and a half too. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but That's why you should have traded Miles Sanders when I said they should have. But uh, I don't mean to pat myself on the back here or or mm -hmm. knock you. Um, but uh, be good. like this already, <laughs> you're at at the roster cutdown. When I was saying they should keep Jordan Howard on this team, you're I was right. Like so outspoken that there was no reason for them to keep Jordan Howard on this team. And I was um, correct. I was right. I didn't. I wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't an argument. I have a it, list of things here to go over. Uh, you guys. It go wasn't ahead. an argument ten, based ten on Jordan Howard's on skill. It was an argument based on the league's valuation of him. <laughs> he was he was cut by the Dolphins last year, and the Eagles mm -hmm. signed him for nothing in the offseason. So there was no concern that they were going to lose him if they cut him, and that's exactly what happened. They were able to keep him on the practice squad for like seven, eight weeks, sure. and then they were able to bring him up when they needed him. I was I was absolutely correct. So, so the the counter to that is is he should have been on this team all along, and he should have been used all along because I I, I think he he provides real tangible value, and I've I've said that, and you can say that I'm pro Jordan Howard. I've I've written quite a bit about him since since 2019. There's there's something to be said about someone who can get positive yards, and I know there are deficiencies in his game, and I I know there are things he he doesn't do. You can't tell me. That they wouldn't have been a better football team uh, on what September fourth uh, on September fourteenth if Jordan Howard was on the team than without Jordan Howard on the team. Well, the way they played in the beginning of the season, they didn't need Jordan Howard. I mean, Boston Scott was on the roster and he didn't play an offensive sure. snap until week seven. So, what was Jordan Howard going to do besides just sit on his ass? Well, that's why they didn't keep him, right? Okay. Because yeah. they because they weren't going to. So run the, ball. the arguments that uh, they should have played him, not that they should have yeah. kept him. So, but you need to have him on the team in order to play him. <laughs> so they didn't have the option to. They they did right. exactly what they needed to do. They <laughs> but, kept him around. Rissa, I don't mean to make extra work for you, but we're going to edit all this out, right? I mean, if the sickles <laughs> want to hear that's one thing. 
If you're subscribing to the podcast, trying to get some juice about this team on a uh, midweek as they make this playoff push and you don't want to be privy to the Jordan Howard discussion, then we should just, you know, give that. Maybe we can do two different episodes. I've been wrong about a lot of things. This is not one of them. Well, listen, do this as a back and forth on the athletic. Okay. You can, I don't know. The chat's Jordan pretty up. divided too. Pretty, also, uh... Shield started the Jordan Howard conversation, I'm, right? We, we, you literally we, said how no, excited no. the offensive linemen were. Yeah. When no, Jordan Howard then Bo asked about it. I wasn't going back to August <laughs> yeah, but or whatever. Zach led with touchdowns. Broadcast. <laughs> so, all right. So some numbers about what we were talking about. Miles Sanders, um, 15, all, basically 16% of his rushes have gone for zero or negative yards. It's only about 7% with Jordan Howard. So your eyes are not uh, deceiving you. What we're talking about, that's absolutely uh, absolutely true there. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's not that interesting to me, the running back discussion. I mean, they're not going to just bench him. It's not like they're going to just bench Miles Sanders. He's going to play, and then they'll figure it out. They've got, his, they've, got, they've got his picture up in the practice bubble. They can't just okay. bench him. So give me just just thirty Ballsy quick choice. seconds here. All right, go ahead. It, I want thirty quick seconds. Finish closing on. arguments. No, no, no. This isn't closing arguments. Thirty this seconds, just, as long as it this takes. This is just a, a, a little Jordan Howard background here because I I do try to humanize these guys. Okay, we spoke during the off season when they signed Jordan Howard. There was literally no market for him. He thought that his playing career might be finished. Right? He 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 was. He, uh, no team was calling. Let's the cut Eagles that out. Called. There was literally no market for him just as yeah. the, fin- uh, the final answer to this argument. He thought that he did everything he needed to do to make the team during the preseason, did not make it. And so he he said he had some rough days there earlier in the year, especially Sundays when he's sitting at home. Uh, and, and this is something I imagine Marissa can, can understand, right? When a player feels like they're, they're doing everything they can and, and, and just needs that chance. And uh, finally comes up, but he he turned 27, I think a week and a half ago or two, or two weeks ago, and he's one of these players because he was a prominent player as a rookie that people uh, think he's been around for so long, right? And and teammates yeah. were surprised that he was 27. They 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 thought he was like 30, and I, I think he made the joke that you know a, a 27 year old running back might as well be 30 because that's that's old in, in running back years. But he, he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires from the past year and a half. And uh, the Eagles are certainly using him here. Well, I think you were right that, that I mean, Jordan Howard himself deserves a ton of credit. He's He's been very good, and he deserves credit for being very good. It is weird. He's been, he's been so much better with the Eagles than, I mean, even when they traded for him from the he Bears. He was the I'm, worst running back in the league for the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was pretty critical uh, of that. Although what, they didn't give up much, right? What was Last it? year? or No, the first it, time. The it first, was a trace round pick. He was a sixth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was low risk. Sixth or yeah. fifth. It, it might have been conditional. And then, yeah. Nice deal from Miami. I mean, it was a crazy signing by the Dolphins. So at least he got some cash, some, some money out of that. And now he gets to extend his uh, career here. Uh, all right, Shield. You want to get to why don't, why don't we get to the rest of your offensive notes from from the Squall Twenty Two? Well, I don't want to. I don't. I want to get accused of using the fancy. Uh, what did you call them, Zach? Abbreviations or what? Acronyms. Mm-hmm. Acronyms. Okay. Yeah, tell me how many uh, points they scored. But <laughs> eighth and eighth and offensive DVOA eighth. Eighth. When's the last mm-hmm. season they were this high in offensive DVOA? Thirteenth passing season, right? Rushing. I mean, this late into the season, they were not never 18. this high. Were they that high in 18? I don't no, think they were I don't this think high so. in 18. Okay. It's incredible. 18, the defense had, had problems, but the offense was playing well. 
Yeah, I think they were in the like 11, 12 range. I mean, they had some luck, luck go their way. I could be wrong. Maybe they were better and came back. But eighth in offensive DVOA, 10th in EPA per drive. You read the stats post game about what they've done in the uh, in the last three weeks. And I mean, Jalen Hurts, they, you know, I, I thought that the, the second half stuff was a lot of nonsense uh, after reviewing the, uh, you know, reviewing the game on film, not just watching it live. But I mean, they had three real possessions. They scored on one of them, you know, and, and that was a, a possession where Nate Herbick had a bad snap in the red zone. They have an interception and then they His have only snap line. of the game. Yeah. I mean, it's a very small sample. The last two drives, they were just running the ball into uh, eight man boxes and the game was over. So uh, I don't really read too much into that. I thought Jalen hurts the play you guys mentioned in the post game pod absolutely stood out where he's keeping his eyes downfield. He's not just scrambling and crossing the line of scrimmage to run and he's finding Dallas Goddard. That was a very nice throw with Goddard on the move. The throw to Quez Watkins before that might've been his best throw of the year. I mean, that is a dime right in his hands. That's a, I mean, what a huge play that would have been if he catches that ball. I mean, his numbers would look uh, totally different. So after the game Hertz said his best throw he thought was when he was the completion to Rager because he, he was about to get hit. Okay, that was a nice comeback. Yeah, right on the uh, left side there by Rager. So uh, he played well, and the running game continues to be really good. The offensive line, uh, I'm not an O-line guru. Maybe I should send the film to Marissa and see if she uh, agrees with this or not. But So Michael was actually just watching because he's you know oh. preparing for the Lions, and he was saying mm. how much of a joy it is watching Jason Kelsey Oh, yeah. Wow. So, look at that. Very yeah. good inside. He's been impressed nice. too. Yeah. That's, I feel like Jason Kelsey is an offensive lineman's offensive lineman. Yeah. You know, they like yeah. watching him and uh, appreciating him. Uh, so, of course, he, he has been solid and it was good that he didn't go down. I thought Lane Johnson had maybe the best game for an Eagles offensive lineman all season. I mean, I'm not a guru, so I don't like, you know, you just watch it and are like, did the guy, but you can, when a guy's just tossing people, left and right, like he was doing. I mean, he was moving them out of the way. He was fired up. Brandon Thorne tweeted out the links where, where Lane Johnson had three different first down signs. And like by the end, uh, he's just going nuts there. He, he's always loved when they get in those drives where they're just running the ball and uh, he's dominating. So that was absolutely um, good to see as well. I don't know what else uh, I had here. Landon Dickerson had a couple issues in in pass protection, but that's okay. The run game was, uh, you know, everybody was good in the run game. Some Jalen Hurts thoughts here, you know. 23 quarterbacks have started at least nine games. I, I think there's some stuff we're taking for granted with Jalen Hurts, basically. 23 quarterbacks have started at least nine games. Two have turned the ball over uh, fewer times than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Like, he doesn't no, should have had. He should have maybe had a couple more in this game, but but yes, I, I mean, that he I has been one more. No, he had a bad fumble, and he should have interceptions get dropped. A bad fumble, Landon Dickerson's getting smoked there. He's getting hit for his, his arms yeah, getting hit. He doesn't have to fumble the ball. He All can right. hold on to the ball. He's getting ready to throw. I mean, that, even the interception. I thought you were a little harsh on him uh, with the interception. You know, it was a bad throw, but it's not like a, I don't know. If you're looking at percentile of stupidest interception to totally bad luck, I would put it in the middle somewhere. I mean, you, you got a lead so. like it's you don't have to force okay. that throw. I don't uh, know. Listen. He I've been so times. He was listening to the pod. I've been so impressed by him, uh, but by the way he's improving, and that's why I don't want to say frustrated me, but 
but I I never understood when these questions would come up why you had to have your mind made up on on Jalen Hurts in like October or November, right? The the, the the samples you this season provided that type of sample size to evaluate him to see if he can improve. And I'm 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 not saying he's the guy going forward. What I am saying is is that this is why he has the chance, and this is why any type of judgment uh, needed to be reserved until there was a reason to make that type of judgment because um, you want to see him improve. And that's what jumps out to me the most uh, is the improvement that he's making from one point of the year to another point of the year. I mean, and those, I mean, those reps are gold. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you can't, you can't evaluate him without seeing what happens once he gets all those reps. And I think we, I at least took a little bit of that for granted because he had played so many games in college, right? That uh, maybe the reps wouldn't make such a difference for him. That was, you know, that was probably silly. Um, who knows? And uh, to your point, Zach, like, the, is he the guy or not? I think, you know, doesn't really leave the door open for uh, door number three, which is let give him, you know, he can be the guy for next year. And then you don't, you know, j- that just because you decide that, there's no quarterback in the draft or the price for a veteran is not right entering next year. You want to see what he can do after making this leap in year two. What kind of leap could, leap could he make next year? That doesn't mean that he's your quarterback in perpetuity. Like yeah. things change. Well, that's so the thing. I, I, I just want to respond here. I'm seeing in the comments. Uh, I, I certainly don't want to see him hypocritical. I, I think the Justin Fields questions were entirely relevant on draft day because you had a decision to make. Uh, when I say the – I said you did not have to make that evaluation of Hertz being your guy on October 1st or November 1st because uh, the season played out. I absolutely think it was a relevant conversation in April because you had the opportunity to get somebody else. But then once you commit to seeing him this year, you commit to seeing him this year. Yeah, I don't think you, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The, the fact of the matter is the odds of Jalen Hurts being the guy – the guy, like in, in terms of you don't have to look for another quarterback, we're very low going into this season. They might still be, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're still probably pretty low in terms of is he, I'm talking about the guy who you're just building around. Don't worry, but you're not even looking for anything else. Uh, and so I don't think there's, I think the Justin Fields conversation was one that was absolutely relevant. And I, I don't see anything uh, hypocritical about what you said, totally. what, to, what Bo said you should always be looking for Patrick Mahomes, Kyler. I mean, whoever you want to name, the, like the just the person who's going to get you to basically the divisional round, Jordan the Howard. title game, year in and year out. Those got what'd you say? He said Jordan Howard. Howard. <laughs> um, but those guys, it, you know, it's hard to find those guys, and so you don't just throw up your hands and say, "Well, like like Jalen Hurts doesn't have to be evaluated just on that." Is he in that class or is he a bum? Like there is a middle ground that most mm-hmm. teams in the NFL, probably two thirds of the league are currently in right now. And he's on a rookie contract. So yeah, I mean, in terms of ball security, in terms of his rushing numbers, which I wrote about in my column today, theathletic.com slash birds with friends, of course, you can get a discount if you don't subscribe uh, yet. I don't know what you're doing, but holiday season, you know, go get yourself a subscription with that code. Uh, I mean, his rushing numbers are... I feel like the way he does it doesn't stand out. I mean, we've all watched quarterbacks where you're like, wow, this guy is dynamic and tearing it up as a runner. And there's highlights every week. That's not the type of runner he is. It's weird, but you look at his numbers compared to Lamar Jackson and they're very, uh, I mean, they're very similar to the first 
10 weeks of the season. And in some cases, yards per carry, success rate, Jalen Hurts has actually been better than Lamar Jackson. And we have a bigger sample, even if we go back to last year, that this guy is a very efficient, effective runner. He's on pace for 930 rushing yards. Like, you know, just because Lamar Jackson blew up the record books, like that's nothing, that's really hard to do for a quarterback even in this era, he hasn't missed time because of an injury. Uh, has he been on the injury report? No, he's he's had a, good point. a few nicks here and there, but okay. nothing serious. So yeah. he's been durable. That's been a non-issue. You know why? He doesn't take a lot of stupid hits yeah. either. I mean, he doesn't do stupid stuff. He's not throwing the ball with his left hand. He's not doing backhanded flips uh, while he's in the grasp of a defender. He's not, you know, unnecessarily uh, holding on to the ball and getting crushed. He decides what he's going to do and he does it. Are there times when he leaves the pocket too early? Yeah. All right. That's an issue, but I would rather have the quarterback be on the field uh, than the alternative completion percentage above expectation. Uh, he's, he's middle of the pack. I mean, he's, a, he's ahead of Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so those are some of the things that I think I'm that also has at. to do with the type of throws he's making as well. Well, that takes that into account. Okay, does okay. Yeah, that's the that's the next gen stats one. Where okay. I mean, it's it's not perfect. I'm not going to say that. And drops don't. Um, it doesn't account for drops. But yeah, if you're attempting deeper passes, it looks at the probability based on where the defender is, how much pressure you're under. So I'm not saying he has better accuracy than those guys overall. No one's saying that. But if you're talking about a baseline of being accurate, really, last game was you know the best I, I think we've seen him in that respect. He's probably hit that as well. So. I don't know if he's the guy, but uh, I do think there are some things that kind of get overlooked when you're just saying, well, all right, he's not Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, I mean, whoever else you want to put in that conversation. There are things he's doing that, you know, there's probably 10, 12, 14 starters in the league. You can't count on them uh, the way you can with him. And specifically now when they've catered the offense more to his strength, I mean, he's still playing uh, behind two backup offensive linemen. Right, you know, in terms of what you're Dick, saying, Dickerson does. I mean, he's a second round, he's a pick. second round pick. So is second round pick rookie. He has issues. He's the worst guy in pass protection. Okay, his sack rates up five percent. Jalen Hurts. I mean, all these guys who scramble yeah. and run, their sack rates are way higher than that usually. He's not taking. I, I was only, I was only like taking Allen. issue with with calling Landon Dickerson Dick a backup. Man, unbelievable. Get the hell out of here. That's a good point. <laughs> good point by you. It is. Um, he he. You're right. He he is he has eliminated so many negative plays and so many of the frustrating like drive killing negatives that we we saw the past couple seasons. Even last game, Dallas Goddard goes out. I mean, he's got Devontae Smith, and you know who yeah. does he have behind that? It was just like the you know the last quarterback who was here got every excuse week after week after week. Oh, the front office screwed him. He's got no one to throw to. They're playing with backup offensive linemen. Oh, you remember? Remember every week? Oh, there was a little little uh, you know a Carson Wentz backer would put out a little video. Oh, look at this receiver. Ran it. Do you remember any video clips of yeah. a receiver running the wrong route this year? And that's why Jalen Hurts made a boneheaded throw. So just think, you know, let's let's take all that into account when evaluating. Now, now just to play devil's advocate, I think okay. I think the most meaningful thing working against Jalen Hurts is the franchise's lack of uh, support, like not public support, but it seems to me everything they've done that they are not behind him, they are not sold on him, and that is worthwhile signal at least um, entering, you know, they had, they had a year with him. So not that they shouldn't always be evaluating and looking for, you know, the Mahomes type, but uh, 
they are, I think, are have signaled at every turn that that they are very unsold on on Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I just look at it that, and the other part too is is they needed to adjust the way they played offense to try to maximize him, which isn't which necessarily is still so confounding. Like, it, we, you know, we all said it from the beginning yeah, of the year the that bo- this is the way the that, that they needed the to play. Of that story. Like, why Seven did it take so in. long? Because I, I I do think there was this push pull between the way they wanted to play. And 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 the way they they realized they needed to play and 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 perhaps they thought this this wasn't sustainable and, and perhaps this isn't sustainable but yeah you know, there's a, a I'm I'm not comparing them but in I'm I'm just saying there's there's almost like this Nick Foles element to Hurts where you're gonna get some ugly games you're gonna get some ugly plays in there uh, but you're also gonna get some the some some high points, Mr. High and, and, See, I feel like it's different with him. But but players like, like I, I was I was gonna say like teammates like playing with him too. That's 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 the other thing is is that, that to be true. Yeah, yeah, guys. For there's there's no way to measure this, but people rally around him, and and they did that with Foles as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the most likely. So if this continues to go this way, let's say they are somewhere slightly above average their offense they end the year maybe 13th i don't know i mean maybe maybe it'll be higher they're eighth right now it's 10 weeks so yeah. uh who knows but you know i agree that you should always be looking for the guy but i don't know that that guy is going to exist in this draft maybe he does and and will feel differently in the spring but it wouldn't be the worst case scenario to maybe you trade down one or two of those picks you're accumulating draft capital for the next year you're adding talented players you don't need to go out and add in a middle of the road quarterback anybody i mean maybe who knows maybe this thing will go down the uh down the tubes and we'll be having a different conversation in two months that's possible too it could go in either direction but let's say he's middle of the pack competent to slightly above average you don't need to go out and make a big quarterback move for somebody who might be mediocre. I mean, I would not be giving up three first round picks for a Russell Wilson. If you're comparing that, you know, compared to uh, what hurts is now, maybe others would feel differently to me. That would be much, uh, much. I think that is, I I do. I do think that that is how he's like white whale. Yeah. Reversing the miss on, on Russell Wilson from that draft. I feel like that is the guy he wants. He's also a special player too. Well, here's the thing. It's not just, it's not just rectifying a previous mistake. It's like he's he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's also well, so is Joe Flacco. <laughs> I mean, they really they should win the Eagles. Uh, I I've been very critical of them. They should win like a Sloan Analytics Award for getting a draft pick. Joe Flacco, <laughs> Joe Flacco can't even dress. I guess he dressed last. He week came in. He finally. played. What are the Jets thinking with that? I mean, why didn't he dress? Weren't there rumors he didn't want to play? He or played something? in the last game. Oh, he played. Oh, see, I didn't he even came watch in that in the far. end of that game. Yeah, with the Mike Wilson. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. the uh, the Mike White Mike for interception game. So bad. Yeah. yeah. Finally, after a couple. Yeah. Well, what happened so anyway, with Flacco is Flacco was supposed to start, and then Mike White had the had the game of his life, and, and right, and they just rolled with White. But at Flacco that point. was also like slow to get to new, to get after the trade. He took like three days to get up. Yeah, there. with something weird, like you know, he said he had to move, but like he lives in <laughs> South Jersey. Marissa, what do we got on that? It took, yeah, it took him like five days to make it up, up 95. <laughs> he was walking from Audubon first, Hardware. C, yeah. First team CTC quarterback. He did, he did uh, have a touchdown this past weekend. So. Oh my gosh, see, I when, yeah, when I'm scrolling through books. the games, if it gets to blowout territory, I, you know, I don't keep going. So all right, I totally missed that. All right. 
Anyway, so, but Zach, so you would give up three, three first, all three first round picks. Let's say they all come in, you'd give them up for Russell Wilson. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say at this point. But if that, if that came up this off season, let's say none of them were in the top five. I'd probably do two. I, I would do two. I, I, I mean, who are you bidding against that is giving up three picks? Right. So uh, I would probably consider that. But yeah, I, I would look. I would rather have uh, Russell Wilson than Jalen Hurts. Um, and yeah, I would rather have thirty. I would have. I would rather have Russell Wilson than 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 Jalen Hurts and two first round picks. I, I mean, Russell Wilson changes everything. So that's yeah, but but, the, but I would rather have Jalen Hurts and a pick than any of the quarterbacks in this draft. Like I'm, and I say that I I know they don't have to make Russell that decision yet. I know they don't have to make that decision yet, but um, I I wouldn't. Based on what I've seen so far from Jalen Hurts, and based on what I've seen so far from these college quarterbacks, I wouldn't say that player is better than Jalen Hurts. Like I'm, I'm spending the number ten overall pick on this rookie to unseat Jalen Hurts. I I wouldn't do that. So. If you're talking about Russell Wilson, yeah, that I I will die on that hill. Uh, I think if, if if Russell Wilson's on your team, it's it changes everything. You have a chance to you have a chance to win the Super Bowl when when Russell Wilson's your quarterback. That's my. I opinion. think I think it's fine to draft a guy if you see if you see that seal it and you think he can be uh, one of the you know top five guys for a long time. I think it's perfectly fine to draft that quarterback right now. It doesn't seem like there's that guy, but it, a lot. Uh, sure. Certainly, that's what I said. As of change. as of right now, based on what yeah. I've seen so far, yeah, yeah. I mean, with well, with Wilson, it's tough because if he plays really well down the stretch, then they're probably not going to want to trade him. And if he doesn't play well down the stretch, now are you worried about that you're trading for a declining player who's 33 years old? And do you really have the talent around him to compete for a Super Bowl in the next three years? So. I, don't know. I, uh, I think it's moot. That- I mean, he has a he's got the no trade clause anyway, and I think there are going to be bidders that are probably all going to be in the same neighborhood. But who knows? I just, as someone who wants to have the longest view in the room, I feel like <laughs> maybe Jalen Hurts as a young guy is better than than Russell Wilson as an old man. But who knows? I mean, how old is is thirty? He's thirty three. He's going to be thirty three. So you're was- you're. I mean, you're looking at probably three <laughs> years where you can, if you if you think he's fine. Three years where he, I just don't think I, I. I just think that like the Eagles should be taking advantage of this opportunity to actually reboot the young talent on the roster and trading two or three first round picks for Russell Wilson certainly would make them much better in 2022. But how long is that going to last? Like you have a chance here to really restock the cupboard. Five years. I mean. With the rest yeah, of the roster, years. though, like Russell Wilson has never missed a game until this season. Well, until um, the season, maybe now he's he's won. I think a hundred no of hundred fifty. Maybe now starts. he's Mr. Limited. <laughs> he's he's won a hundred and hundred of hundred fifty starts. Uh, prolific quarterback. Uh, cha- it would yeah, depend I, on the price, you know. Again, this is a conversation that that uh, for us to have in, in, in yeah, February. Yeah, that's right. November Let's 16th. see. Yeah, you're right. Let's see how the next two months go. And just to uh, close the book, Zach was correct earlier. Uh, the Jordan Howard pick was a sixth that could have turned into a fifth, 
but it did not turn into a fist. Oh, I thought you were admitting defeat on whatever. No, Zach was incorrect about the argument, but he was right about the pedantry. (laughs) So uh, never, never argue against Zach when it comes to uh, facts about Eagles past. Uh, All right, let's take a little, uh, let's take a little. Hold on. I have one more offensive uh, note here. Uh, There was a screen to Boston Scott. Oh, should have been a touchdown. Yeah, but you know what I like? What I really liked about this, it was a screen in the second quarter. It looked like Jalen Hurts made a check at the line of scrimmage. They got exactly what they wanted. Devontae Smith makes a uh, little block on that play, and he was like so upset that it didn't score. Mm. Listen, this is some body language doctor stuff going on. You know what? You look for the little stuff. That's what it's all about. That's really what the All-22 is for. Yeah, he was jumping up and down. Uh, you know, he was so uh, he was upset that they didn't score a touchdown there, which I think says something about a guy. The play isn't even to him. He's just throwing a block there. You know, he's not going to get any stats for that. And uh, he was visibly uh, frustrated and bummed that they didn't score. So if you want to look at that, uh, I posted that clip on my Instagram mm. at Shiokabadis. Oh, People seem to like a, a little tease. clip, a little Eagles clip on Instagram. I don't know. Maybe there'll be more where that came from. Okay. Just don't right. pull a tubing. All right. <laughs> was that, that wasn't even Instagram, first of all. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. It's still good advice. Okay. Yeah, it is good advice. Thank you. Without that advice, I mean, who knows what might have happened. All right. Uh, let's take a break here from our sponsors and uh, we'll be back on the other side. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Z being the Wolf on BWF USA, where it's not about the calls, it's about the... All right, welcome back to Z being the Wolf, the show that makes you go... You know what time of the week it is, everybody. It's time. It's time. It's Kapadia time. Shiel Kapadia from The Athletic. Senior national writer. Shiel, how you doing? I'm glad you got senior in there. You forgot that last time, and I was threatening to not come back again. So good job by you, Wolfman. No problem. We know you're old. Glad to have it on the record. Okay. Uh, you know, Shiel, I want to talk to you about these Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers. I like to call him errant Rodgers because all of his opinions are all over the place. Okay. The guy's a nut job. We know that it's been established, but on the field, what did you see from his comeback? That big game in the snow. I like to think of myself as a critical thinker like he is. I want to hear what you had to say. 
Yeah, I thought their their offense was pretty terrible in that game. I mean, they did nothing. It was a 3 nothing game deep into the second half. It was a boring game. You know, we thought that was going to be a fun matchup. Russell Wilson returns. Aaron Rodgers comes back, shootout. And it wasn't that at all. Really, the story with the Packers has been their defense. You know, all these years, they've had a great offense, and their defense couldn't get it together under Mike Pettin. They switch defensive coordinators. They go from Mike Pettin to Joe Barry. They've had injuries. Darius Smith has been out. Jair Alexander. I mean, these are all pro-type players, and their defense has still performed at a high level. One of your old friends, by the way, Rasul Douglas, getting mm. a lot of play for that uh, Packers defense. So uh, we'll see. You know, they're they're in a good spot in the NFC. I think their offense has been a little bit uneven this year. It hasn't been as good a, as it was last year. So they're definitely going to be uh, in the mix, but. I would say I would, you know, probably have two, three teams ahead of them in my pecking order in terms of who's going to get to the Super Bowl uh, out of the NFC. Rasul Douglas, Chandon Sullivan, all they're missing is Sidney Jones for a Super Bowl, baby. Yeah, tell me about it. Sheil, I got to tell you a story. A few years ago, the Wolfman got me is into this Is this about famous... Bob Huggins? Oh, no. No, I got no, some okay. Bob Huggins stories for you, okay. but we'll, we'll Sorry, talk about ahead. those off the air. <laughs> but uh, a few years ago, the Wolfman got me into this fantasy football craze. My idea of fantasy football was always when the NFL came out with Thursday night and came out with an 18th game or 18th week. More football is my fantasy. But he told me I should, I should do fantasy football. And I had I had Derrick Henry on my team, and I, I, was, I was so excited. And then all of a sudden, Derrick Henry goes down, and I'm thinking, that's the end of my team. That's the end of the Tennessee Titans. But the Titans keep winning. What's going on over there in Nashville? Yeah, I thought you were going to go fan. You know, your idea of fantasy football had to do with Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm glad you kept it clean. I know you have some young listeners here. Don't get them uh, started on Topanga. During the, uh, during the day here. You know, the Titans are in a great spot right now. They have eight wins, which is two more than any other team in the AFC. I believe they have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. I mean, they play the Texans twice. They play the Jaguars and they play some other dumpster fire team that they're going to be double digit uh, favorites over. So it's a different looking team. You know, that was not necessarily the most impressive win against the New Orleans Saints. They benefited from a, a very so-so uh, sketchy roughing the passer call at the end of the first half, which would have resulted in a Saints interception. Instead, the Titans end up scoring a touchdown, but they figured out a way. Their defense is a lot better. Another one of your old friends, Jim Schwartz. I know you guys uh, thought he retired last year. He's actually been a senior advisor for that Titans uh, Titans team. Any, any coincidence that their defense finally gets it together and is either mediocre to slightly above average here? Jeffrey Simmons playing well. Harold Landry, Danico Autry, nice veteran. So their pass rush has played well. They're in great shape. They just need to survive. I mean, if they just win those games they're supposed to win, that's going to be 12 wins right there. You get one more, that's 13 wins. You're probably going to be the top seed in the AFC. You're going to get a bye. And the favorite national reporter of your show, of my show, Diane Rossini reported last week that people in the Titans organization think Derrick Henry can come back in January. So you get that by, all of a sudden you're hosting a game in the divisional round, maybe King Henry returns, and you're in very good shape. So uh, impressive job by Mike Rabel and that coaching staff. All right, ZB and the Wolf talking to Sheila Capadia from the Athletic Senor, a national football writer. Uh, Sheila, I got your take on the Packers in that game. I want to ask you about the Seahawks. Russell Wilson comes back. I call him Russell Stillskin because he's a little weirdo. And uh, what do you think about these Seahawks? Do you, do you think there's a chance that this is the last season we're going to get to see Mr. Unlimited in Seattle? 
It could be. You know, last week we talked, and uh, I think I felt like the Seahawks had a good chance to get back into the playoff mix. I'm not giving up on them yet, but he certainly was not himself. I mean, he was missing throws. He had two terrible interceptions. I didn't think he was moving great. They couldn't call plays with Russell Wilson under center because they thought it would aggravate uh, his finger injury. So they're really trying to figure this out. You know, they made an offensive coordinator change in the offseason. And the truth is the offense hasn't really been good going back to before Russell Wilson's injury. So they've got to figure some things out. Now, the NFC is wide open. Can they sneak in there as the seventh seed? I'm not giving up on them yet. But, man, if that doesn't happen, absolutely something has to give there in Seattle, whether it's Pete Carroll moving on or whether it's the Seahawks trading Russell Wilson. There are a bunch of dopes, a bunch of nitwits who thought that the Kansas City Chiefs were done. I I read all these stories on my phone. I don't know how these stories came up on my phone. Someone must have sent them to me that said uh, uh, the league has figured out Patrick Mahomes. Well, I figured out Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a good quarterback. What do you think, Shu? Yeah, you, you've been uh, you've been riding that for a while. I'm, I'm with you, ZBC. See, what I hate about the world of football analysis now, it's like the Chiefs lose a game two or three weeks ago, and everyone's thinking they've got to figure it out. Oh, the Chiefs are done. Teams are playing with these two deep safeties. They can't figure it out. They're cooked. Forget about them. And then the Chiefs have a game like they did Sunday night about the Raiders, and those very same people are like, Oh, I guess the Chiefs are okay after all and know how to figure out cover two. Like, relax. All right. There's a truth in this. I know you guys like a little bit of hyperbole, but the fact of the matter is the offense was struggling. I mean, they had three or four games that were absolutely below league average in terms of offensive performance. And so they come out Sunday, they play well against the Raiders. The Raiders don't really play those coverages with two deep safeties. They are a single high safety team. And Patrick Mahomes has a very good game, throws for 400 yards. Five touchdowns. I'm not convinced that they're totally fixed. I think they're still going to have some issues the rest of the way. I, I think as long as you have Mahomes, you have Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Andy Reid, the fact of the matter is the most likely scenario is that you figure things out and your offense is going to be very good. So I think that's going to be the case. But I, I'm sure, you know, two weeks from now, their offense will struggle. Then the same people will say, oh, I thought there was nothing wrong with the kid. Like, get your story straight and don't delete tweets. That's what I have to say. But do follow me on Instagram at Shilkapati. All right, enough, enough of that. Uh, so, you know, Zach doesn't, ZB doesn't read uh, stuff on his phone, but I, I do see him every morning I come in. He's always the first guy in the office, and he's sitting there reading this book about the Patriots dynasty. That's all he does. It's taken him like three months to get through it. I mean, he must read very slowly. But I, could, I do got to say, the Patriots, a pretty impressive win against the Cleveland Browns. Mac Jones, I call him Snack Jones. You know what I'm saying? Do you think he would be the number one quarterback from this draft redrafted? And can the Patriots make the Super Bowl against Tom Brady? Uh, good question. Can, would he be? I don't think he would be. No, I think you have to look at the situation he was put into, obviously, with a very good uh, coaching staff, uh, specifically the head coach, and a very good offensive line. You know, I think we were talking off air last week before I came on, and I said I thought the Patriots were a little overrated. Well, I'm glad I didn't go to air uh, with that take because they come out and they have one of the most complete performances by any team we've seen all season. I mean, they had the ball eight possessions. They score on seven of them, six touchdowns, one field goal, three drives of 90 yards or more. And I will give Mac Jones credit. You know, certainly they mixed some stuff in, in there, some end arounds, some screens, they help him out. But he had like three or four throws in this game that I had not seen from him uh, previously 
this season. So he, he definitely did a fantastic job uh, in that game. The Patriots are better than I thought they were going to be uh, offensively. I still want to see it more on a week-to-week basis. I think they're a bit limited uh, with their weapons. But Mac Jones has played well. I still think you have to look at the situation. You know, if one of these other quarterbacks were in that situation, who knows, they might be playing uh, a lot better. I mean, think of Trevor Lawrence. Is he just watching that going, man, I should have tanked my senior season. Maybe I could have dropped down. I wouldn't be in Jacksonville. Could have gone to a better situation. Who knows? It's possible. Yeah, anything left for this guy, Zach? ZB? Here's my here's my comp for Mac Jones, but I haven't taken this anywhere else. You guys pay me nothing. You give me Wawa gift cards, but I'm going to give you. I think the comp for him is one of your uh, your favorites. I think he can be a better version of Kirk Cousins. That's who he reminds me of. Now you might say Kirk Cousins. That's it. Come on, Mac. I mean, Kirk Cousins has made a lot of money. He's put together some strong statistical seasons. He's probably never been in it with a coaching staff that's as good as what they have in New England. So I. Sort of reminds me of Cousins a little bit. He's accurate. Um, you know, he, he kind of hangs in there in the pocket. He's not athletic. He's not going to make plays out of structure. But I feel like they're sort of similar style-wise. All right. Well, Mr. Capadia, as always, a pleasure to hear your words. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back on the other side. Aubrey Huff stops by to talk some truth. We'll talk to you then. Uh, okay. How you guys doing? Doing well. Okay. Uh, why don't we turn uh, turn over to the other side of the ball? Get the uh, defensive squall twenty two report from Doctor uh, Doctor K. Yeah, I feel like I don't really have a ton special here. K? Can we call you Special K? Sure, you may. Okay. Clark Kellogg. You you know I think he's had that for a while, but you know if you want to steal Clark it from Kellogg him, goes by Special K. I think so. Isn't that right, Zach? I wasn't aware, but <laughs> all right, then it definitely no. Maybe he does <laughs> special K. Zach wasn't aware. Uh, it was more of a continuation, I think, of trying different things like they had in previous weeks that hadn't worked well. And this week it worked a little better. I still think it was plan A, plan B, and plan C was to uh, get the front four to pressure the quarterback. And if that happens, you're going to look good. And if it doesn't happen, you're going to look bad. I thought it happened in this game. I mean, their pressure rate was their third highest uh, of the entire season. And so uh, I think some of their zone coverages, it felt like they were not covering grass as much. They were they were uh, matching the so receivers. Don't cover grass, cover ass. That's, that's, a little bit if more. If I was a defensive coordinator, that's my teaching point. Pair and uh, a spare, ass over grass. So that's what I would say. Did you? That's did it you, on the defense? Did you? Yeah, think, I mean, I know you're going to say I'm a defense hater. You're going on and on. <laughs> did you I'm think not, they were? They I'm were not actually sold that they solved anything. I guess would be my takeaway okay. for this defense. I think they played well, uh, absolutely, in that game. I'm not convinced that they really figured anything out, and this is the start of anything special. But I have been a defensive, uh, you know, a hater on the defense. So maybe that's my biases coming out. So you you do think that it's just sticking with they're the mirror and Teddy Bridgewater is bad. That's what they're we the, They're the mirror. Yeah, they tell they tell the offense whether they are good or not. The quarterback finds it, it's like a it's like a a, a, a crystal ball. Uh, that's not really what I'm talking crystal about. Crystal bald eagle, would you say? No, that's different. That's a prediction. No. It's more of like a okay. uh, uh, mirror mirror on test. the wall. Yeah. Am I a good quarterback at, at all? And then they tell you. Yeah. Did you think I they mean, did you think they pressed more in this game? It seemed like and it, but I don't have like number. Right. They it, did anecdotally. It felt like they were yeah. pressing more. But I would agree with that. They were near the opposing wide receivers more than they have been in the past, so that's a good thing. Yeah. I got I a mean, hot they... take question. Okay. Sure. Uh, well, what was it? Explain to me the safety rotation. Well, it started, I mean, you know, it was McLeod and Harris for the first, like, quarter and a half, 
And then it started being Marcus Epps over Harris. And then they started rotating like every other series, not over. Uh, And then there was a series where it was Harris and Epps and McLeod was on the sideline. So I don't know what was going on. Anthony Harris, I asked him about it afterwards. He didn't know what was going on. Uh, (laughs) That's always good. Gannon Gannon was asked about it today, I think by Zach. And, uh, you know, he, he said, you know, there's like different packages we've got for guys to put them in the right place. But it was not like it didn't seem like it was like situational to me. Uh, it wasn't consistent. It was just like, we want these guys all to be on the field. Uh, my hot take question that I'm not going to take public. It's just to, you know, between us. Marcus, is Marcus Epps the best of the three? No. Are we sure that Rodney McLeod is better than Marcus Epps at this point? I mean, are we sure that Anthony Harris is better than Marcus Epps? I feel like Marcus Epps should be out there. Uh, I thought you, Harris was okay. You're down on Rodney. I saw uh, Harris I, I getting killed for that. Uh, for the like t- being slow to bring down Okubanam uh, on the long play, that okay. guy's like super fast. He's like one of the fastest tight ends at the combine. Like it was, it was impressive that he even him caught him Harris, at all. Right? Huh? I don't think McLeod brought him down. No, no, Harris. No, no, Harris. Harris. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. He said, "I thought I thought I was going to give him credit for touchdown. hustling on that play." Yeah, yeah, and they only got a field goal, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, Look, I mean, we've we've killed this defense um, in recent weeks. <laughs> they. They Some held Teddy. They held Teddy Bridgewater to his second lowest completion percentage of the season. Um, they they held the Broncos, I believe, to their second lowest scoring output of the season. Uh, you see, as you pointed out, they they got to the quarterback after failing to do so a week earlier. They forced a critical turnover. Uh, they if if we're going to rip on this defense when and it's and it's deserved when they give up, you know, eighty percent. To good quarterbacks, we can't just dismiss when they play well as oh, it's a no bad one's dismissing. They yeah, played, I, I think they played it was an 83rd percentile game. If you, I know you don't like the EPA per drive stats, but I, look I, at I, it. Don't dis- <laughs> I don't dislike you have 13 points. Shield. I don't dislike, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to be it's it's not binary. I, <laughs> I enjoy, uh, and, and frankly, I, I value all that data. I, I just also like. I do think points matter. That, that's that's. I think this was like this is the game they want to play. They bent, but they they yeah. played well in the red zone, which they haven't done most of the season, and they had turnovers that, that well, matter a little bit. I thought there was a little Bobo holding call. Did you think that holding call was legit? I only saw it on film. I wasn't. I didn't see it live. Which one? Javante Williams had a touchdown run, and they called. Oh, holding. I actually didn't. I didn't rewatch that. They called holding on the tight end. Uh, the mm. tight end was pumped, like he was, because he really got Davion Taylor on that mm. one. He thought he like, you know, absolutely just just sprung Javante Williams for this touchdown, but he got called for the penalty. That comes back. There was a blocked field goal. Uh, so you know, there were there were some instances where they could have had some more points, but still, again, eighty third percentile true. game. There were one, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six drives where they gave up one one or fewer first downs. They played well. There you go. Maybe there'll be more games like this against bad quarterbacks. You like a Milton Williams? Uh, I heard he was getting gassed up a little bit. Do anything impressed. in this no. game. Okay. Did you think he did anything? I mean, he had two plays that were like fine. One of them, Alex Singleton blitzed. And so, you know, he came in and cleaned up. And the other one, he had a tackle against the run. I thought there were a couple of times he got um, totally moved off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I do like, to answer your question, I do like a Milton Williams. Yes, <laughs> I thought he played really well a couple of weeks ago. We talked about him here. I did not think this was a game where Milton Williams stood out to me, but maybe I missed something that 
you saw well, there's there was one thing that that stood out to me and i had i had it, i sort of watched this play several times <laughs> <laughs> and i was I, I hadn't seen the eagles do this before but it looked like they made that to me that they ran <laughs> I'm not, I'm not in on this joke here. Me either, Zach. Okay. <laughs> they ran what? Uh, looked like they ran a cover two buster. <laughs> I don't know what that is. You know what that is? No. Cover two buster. Okay. You know cover two buster? Oh, I guess I guess I know a little more than you do. Uh, okay. Sorry, Zach. <laughs> I, I, I really want to be involved in this I really want to be involved in this conversation. You just you you have to catch up on your podcast question. for the week. That's really right. uh, that's all that gotcha. is. All right, Shield. Okay. Did you have any other notes on the uh, on the on the uh, post game pod <laughs> that you wanted to share? Oh yeah, I do. Uh, I thought you guys complete. Well, there are a couple things. Let's start with this. Invited to a bachelor party, and you said no. Are there any more details to this? I mean, what that what was that explanation? <laughs> Who invited you? It was a Twitter DM. It was a, it was a, a, a group of listeners who who sent us a message, and I was hoping to uh, I, was, I was hoping to stop by, say hello. Wait, who did they send a message to? Both of you? Both of us? Yeah, Nepo and I. Okay. Or and me. Yeah, and um, and we just weren't in the same area at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. It would it would it would be like if if you were in Center City and they were in Fishtown. And it's it's like come over to Fishtown. Well, it's it's not it's not down the street, right? So, and where were they at a uh, drinking establishment? Yes, yeah. And what were but, you uh, doing over there? Big I was guy? with my friends. I was in a totally different part of town. Like I, I was hanging out with I was hanging out with uh, like a, a a two and a half year old and a, a three month old. I mean, I was really? I was doing work actually. I was at a, a coffee shop doing work. Just a terrible job by Birds with Friends. I mean, listen, whoever that was, uh, next time you include me on the DM at least. If I'm Buy not Sheila there, flight, he'll head out. We, we'll do something to. I mean, you're inviting a podcast host you listen to this Bobo podcast to a bachelor party, and no one even shows up. Oh, wait, no, all right, you could go for here. 10 minutes, take a First couple off, pictures, send us a message. buy him yeah, around. Send us a message on, on, on Wednesday, you know? Uh, oh, they gave you plenty Thursday. of time. I thought it was like the day no, off. No, 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 that's no, what, it, no, that's what that's I'm saying. It was the day off. Oh, I was like, if, okay. if, if, if they oh, sent still. the message on, <laughs> on Wednesday, I, I would absolutely coordinate it, right? Uh, do, um, what, what were their names? What was the, the bachelor's name? They never told us the bachelor's name. I mean, you guys just swept it under the rug. You didn't have time. No, they are nice guys. and and Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, I I appreciate it. And I hope they had a great time. I I'm probably not the most fun um, bachelor party companion there, right? I mean, I was I was transcribed. Ask, ask it's, it's a great party trick. Say, uh, hey Zach, who were the 34 players drafted before Draymond Green? <laughs> I mean, you could have sent him a video. You know, uh, you two together at the A. Hope you guys have a great time or something. Nothing. We weren't together. We're um, uh, Sunday. You were together. Oh yeah, I was. Travel, I was. Tra- you don't see each other. I mean, oh, we got a lot. Of, I was we got transcribing a lot of work to do with our. Comrades. I was transcribing Jordan Howard quotes at the time. Okay, so yeah. I apologize to the bachelors. <laughs> Next time, include me, even if I'm not there. Uh, we will do a better job. Uh, I thought you guys absolutely. Uh, you know, I can't believe this didn't get a mention on the pod. 
we know Z Berm's been on a heater. I mean, people, listeners are tweeting at us saying this guy's on fire. I mean, no, Z Berm's Twitter performance oh, on Sunday, yeah. I thought should have led the show. I mean, I had friends tweeting me Zach's, texting me Zach's tweets because of how good it was. I can't imagine I'm the only you know group thread that had that. Fantastic. You nailed it. Yeah. I got a few messages. You can take a joke. I got a few Slack yeah, it was, messages. It was, all, I mean, it, was, it, was, it was a perfect tweet, I thought. Great. I mean, an yeah. all-time – someone did describe it as an all-time tweet. I couldn't uh, disagree. Oh. I mean, I thought and it was fantastic. What's funny is I did see well, – he I, came I did at you see first, Zach, and then he came back over the top. Well, that's no, that's not true. Zach came uh, at me first with the Devontae Smith tweet. Um, but Oh, but, uh, come on. <laughs> it was funny. Parachute, it's all in man. good fun. But I did, I did get to see, like I saw Zach tweeting out or working on something else, like a different uh, <laughs> joke. And I didn't see him type the actual one, but you, you came up with a better one. It was very good. Thank you. I, I don't think Two good was, ones. The Devontae I, Smith one was fantastic. But then yeah. the second one, oh, the parachute. Uh, oh, perfect. Standing. I don't think last week was a heater at, 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 at all. I, I think I was a, a little uh, edgier than I would like to be. So, Yeah, edgy Zach. That's yeah. good. Entertain. Mm-hmm. It is about entertainment. Uh, and then I just wrote down Pitt Snoggle. I know it wasn't Pitt Snoggle, but that's the West Virginia. Mm-hmm. When I think of a West Virginia yeah. basketball player, that's a Pitt Snoggle and Ganson. That's a bad, that a bad name yes. in my house. But Pitt Snoggle yeah. was Pitt not Snuggle. a first round. Pick. Why? Pitt Snoggle and Ganzi, Those teams that they, they, they beat two seed Wake Forest in triple overtime when my my soft, my freshman year. How about Wake Forest football? What did they win last week? Yeah, are they still undefeated? No, no, no. They lost two weeks ago. To North Carolina, but then they won well, what, this week against in the country or something. Where, where, where one you, of my go deeks pride? None, unbelievable. They're Princeton, a, Princeton football is the only team I got time for. If Maryland no, was 12th in the I mean, Marissa, oh, yeah, would be we'd have a segment every I watched show. the fourth quarter. I mean, I yeah. like it, Lawson. Shout out to Princeton, though. You're right about that. Dominant. Yeah, Big game this week. Big game. A week's a really fun offense to watch and to learn from. Um, uh, Pete Thamel had a, had a really good article on it a few weeks ago. But if you if you watch what they if you watch what they do at the mesh point, and I would love to hear Coach Flynn's analysis of, of this at, at some point. It's uh, it's it's kind of their differentiator. The offensive coordinator, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, Warren Rogerio. Um, but they're they're putting up points every week. Uh, they're they're creative. Um, I'll I'll say uh. I've been kind of watching Dave Clawson's team since he was at Richmond and a really good coach, really underrated coach. And he's, he's done a good job with that program. Zach told me before they, before Wake Forest hired Clawson that they were going to hire him and it was going to be, it was going to be a really good hire. Wow. I appreciate you mentioning that out now. The the heater continues. I, I, I have, um, I think he also thought Danny Manning was a good hire, but that's, (laughs) You I guys were like when I for my earliest memories of you two being in a room together were you two talking about Danny Manning. It was kind of <laughs> okay. like the Jordan Howard conversation earlier. That can't be right. No, it's true. I remember a media room and talking about Danny Manning. Yeah. What do you want from I, me? Uh, it's my head. You I mean, can't tell me what my what I feel like my earliest. Well, I know, but that are. means you don't remember us being in a room before I started working for the Athletic. So be it. Sure. Yeah. No, I I really. <laughs> yeah. uh, and into the college football coaching carousel. Uh, like I could uh, probably a, a little too much. Bruce Feldman can, can uh, um, 
if he looks at his dashboard, yeah, I know this is like behind the scenes talk and, and he sees his, <laughs> his uh, page views, a good percentage of that is just me reloading it. Like my, bar none, my favorite, I, I, I love when I, I shouldn't say this, this is going to, this is, this is going to come out bad, but when a coach is fired in college football yeah. and Bruce Feldman comes out like an hour later with the candidates for the job, yeah. um, I'm a, I'm a sucker for every one of them. So. Uh, I, I see Taylor Harper saying who's, who's next for Virginia tech. That's an interesting one. Uh, Who do I, I think it's going to be. I think they're, I think they'll look at at Jamie Chadwell. Who would I look at? I would really look at, at, at Charles Huff. Charles Huff is the, uh, is the coach at Marshall first year coach at, at, at Marshall. Um, I think he's like six, they're five and four Marshall, five and four, six and four. Uh, but he used to be on, on, on Alabama staff used to be on Penn state staff. Uh, he would do a real good job recruiting the state of Virginia. Uh, Chadwell is the coach at Coastal Carolina, uh, has has an impressive offense. And then you'll hear you'll hear you'll hear some other names there, but those are guys I will look at for Vautech Taylor. I think this is like the 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 most incredible thing about you of all the incredible things <laughs> is what the, the depth of your college football coaching staff knowledge. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm nerdy that way, but, but, but yeah, like I, and I hate to say this this way, uh, but I, I've always kind of been on the lookout too, ever since I started covering NFL for offenses and defenses that I'm impressed with in college football, because it, it, it always, it always funnels up. What do you think about a Lane Kiffin? A really good offense. Um, imp- impressed by him is his offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy is a, is a good coordinator is, you know, a real creative coordinator too. But like if I, I think actually I'm going to give coach Flynn credit here. Coach Flynn said on the pod last spring oh. that if you're not watching Ole Miss film, what are you doing? Like he said, every coach should be watching Ole Miss's offense. And it's true. It's, 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 it's a real creative offense. Uh, I've I, I, if there's a reason I should uh, dislike or hate Lane Kiffin, someone could let me know because I don't know. But in, in just in casual observing of this season, I've kind of taken a liking to Lane Kiffin. You know, he was very outspoken in Mississippi about getting vaccinated. He's aggressive on fourth down. Uh, he, he went to Tennessee and was just embracing the role of being this like huge troll to the point where, you know, they're throwing stuff on the field. But I, I was kind of wondering about, is he going to get another shot um, in the NFL? Should he get another shot in the NFL? I don't know. Kiffin's a creeper. The truth you, says. You think, you think the, uh, the Deeks are going to lose Clawson? It depends what jobs oh, are worried. Actually, Clawson. So the, Bruce Feldman's Vatech article was uh, the picture was Clawson. Clawson was the first name mentioned there. I don't know if, if Dave Clawson should, should. Yeah, like. Yeah, that seems. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm very happy covering. I appreciate that tower. Very, very happy covering the Eagles. Very happy covering the Eagles. But if they called tomorrow and said we saw that segment and we have an opening, what would you say? No, I'd say I'm very happy covering the Eagles, but I'd say I'd be happy to contribute. Like, uh, what if they say they double your salary? The very classic Zach answer: I don't want the new job. I want I want to, to do the work of two jobs, please. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I would watch Clawson for uh, like a, a northeast. If a northeast job opens up, that'd be Penn State. You're thinking if if if, if mm. that job ever opened up, yeah. And then who would wake higher? Just to get well, on the record, Josh Gaddis, how, Josh how Gaddis, the offensive coordinator yeah, at, 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 at Michigan, who was a uh, classmate of mine. Yeah, 
So. Oh, boys, huh? Oh, yeah, we text all the time. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that was a fun last segment. It's good. Should good we, uh, we might have to, we, that might have to be a recurring segment. That was good. I think so. Get us up to speed about a every time a job opens, you ask me who I would hire for for that. Like I, I could do that. I college football minute with Zach Berman. How about that? Every week, I tune into that. Definitely, maybe five minutes. I one minute. I I could be the AD, like like you say, (laughs) if you're the AD for this school, who would you hire? This is good. I feel like. Well, yeah, I feel like I feel like between the three of us, you could hire. You could be the search firm to hire every college football head coach, and then maybe Sheila and I can take every NFL opening. I don't want. I, I wouldn't mind the NFL openings too, though. But yeah, yeah. So. I'm now my my new hope is that is that uh, a, a a college coach gets fired in the middle of a live uh, episode, so that we can then ask you immediately. No, who, but you don't want to look. I'm. I mean, uh, you don't want to. Uh, there was a prominent NFL reporter one time who was on TV, and he got the text that the coach got fired, and he uh, he was like too excited about it. And because that you won't say who it is, even though, and then he had to, he, he, he had to restrain himself and say, you have to remember these guys have families. Uh, Some of them are your, are your Mr. Editors. What's that? I'm sorry. I missed. Some of the people getting fired could be, you know, seen as editors. Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, well, I mean, you don't wish it on everybody, but you wish it on an Adazio. I was gonna go actually. I I, I did not have oh a car. Oh my gosh, how are we still going? I did not have a car in, in Denver, but uh if I did, I was actually considering renting a car and going to that Colorado State Air Force game up in Fort Collins the other night. That I would have like gone with you just to make day. a sign, just to make an anti Adazio sign. Uh, Air said? Force won that game. Adazio won. fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. Well, I guess that'll do it for uh, this episode of Birds with Friends. Thanks, everybody, for listening. 3.30 on Thursday is when we will be back live on YouTube to preview Sunday's game. A big game now. I mean, they win this game. They're in the playoffs if the season ended uh, against the 5-4 and four Saints. So uh, stay tuned for that. Make sure you follow Sheila on Instagram. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic yet, you can do so at theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends. And, uh, you know... Thank Marissa for making this whole thing run. For Zach, Marissa, and Shield, and Bo, and Elijah. And as always, we love you.